Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Sarah Ellis. And I'm Helen Tuffer. And you're listening to the Squiggly Careers Podcast. Each week we talk about a different topic to do with work and discuss practical ideas and actions to help you develop in your career and be successful in our increasingly squiggly world of work. And today we're talking about a topic that I think is going to be really popular because we've had lots of listener requests, lots of people asking us about this on Instagram, which is how to stay visible when working virtually. And I think obviously it's very relevant right now, but remote working I don't think is going to disappear I don't think any of us quite know what the next year is going to hold but certainly this idea of probably not all being in the same place at the same time isn't going anywhere so probably something we all need to get better at and we're going to be really action orientated today so a five actions to help you succeed type of episode you've got coming up and just some stats just to give you a bit of perspective on uh, where we are around remote working right now only 34% of UK workers who actually could go back to the office at the moment have actually chosen to do so. Mm. And, you know, we're increasingly seeing companies either setting themselves up for hybrid working or people just saying, we're going to be working from home now for at least the rest of this year or for the foreseeable future. And I think where I'm most encouraged is when organisations are including employees in those conversations. Mm. And I think that's probably never been more important. So, rather than trying to come up with an answer, actually just saying to everyone, well, what is working well? What can we do to help? Obviously, you've got the kind of health and safety risks to manage, but actually just thinking, well, what can we learn from the last six to nine months? And how can we then create a workforce that hopefully is more inclusive, gives people more flexibility? So, you know, lots of quite dramatic headlines, mm. isn't there at the moment? And I'm, I'm fascinated to see how it's going to play out. But I do feel optimistic that I think there were lots of progressive organisations that are really leading the way in going, right, we are going to rebuild better. Sounds cheesy, but... I know, I do feel sometimes hopeful. we're a bit like guinea pigs in this huge social experiment. Yeah. I was in a session this week where we were talking about the office and like how the office is evolving. Someone was saying that basically they've rebranded their office, like literally the word office, they're calling mm. it a community space. So because uh. I was saying, oh, people associate the office with like meetings and sitting at a desk and actually they've completely redesigned the space so that it it's more about coming together with people. So they're calling it like the community space rather than the office building. Yeah. So I think it's those sorts of things that are quite interesting interesting opportunities for the future of workspace. Yeah, I'd seen something similar actually from Simon Bekeithley and I'll put the link to this article. He co-chairs a board with me about workspaces and he's much more knowledgeable than I am. And he wrote a brilliant article all about London and how London space is going to be 
re-engineered and reused. And he used a similar phrase, having these spaces now for collaboration. So like highly collaborative, highly like community-based, bringing people together for these almost like quite immersive experiences, mm. which when he started to describe them, I think people would actually get really excited about. Mm. You'd be like, oh, wow, this is a... Perhaps you're in the office every day for this one week because we're really, perhaps we're kicking off a new project or we're all going to be working together for a week. And then perhaps you spend three or four weeks where you are working remotely. And I like this idea of experimenting and not feeling like we have to get to an answer. I think Mm. we're all quite tempted, aren't we, to go, what is the answer? Yeah. Rather than actually just go, well, let's just try some stuff out because I think most of us recognise we'd like to see people some of the time. Yeah, (laughs) that'd be nice. So let's just think about the implications of doing nothing. So this podcast is all about being uh, visible in a virtual world. So what happens if we're invisible? What are the implications of being invisible in a virtual world? The first thing is really about the impact of our work. So most people want to do a good job. And so we might be all sat at homes or wherever we've found our working space to be. And you're working hard and you're producing things. But the reality is sometimes that you do have to talk about your work. It's sometimes uncomfortable to say that it's not enough to just do good work. You have to talk about the good work that you're doing. And that's not always about ego and self-promotion. That's just about sharing it with other people so that they can benefit from it, from your efforts and your insights and how it might impact and benefit them. And so if you're not visible, if you're working in isolation on your own and you're just producing things that very few people get to see, then actually being invisible reduces your impact and your work maybe doesn't get the attention that it might deserve. The other thing that's sort of important in putting some effort into this is Many of us feel a bit less connected in our roles at the moment. We're obviously not seeing people. We might not be having some of the same conversations that we might have had informally, you know, by the desk or grabbing a coffee together. And often when you were sharing ideas, like if I think back to... I would meet in like spaces of people in London or when I was at Microsoft, you'd have a quick chat on the way to the coffee and you might be sharing or talking about something that you're doing at the moment. And someone might say, oh, you should go and speak to person X who knows about that. Or like, oh, I read this article. You know how like Sarah just did. Oh, there's this article that you might find interesting. And you sort of benefit from other people's creativity. They build on your work. They help it to get better. If our work isn't visible, we completely miss out on that opportunity. A lot of that building can still happen virtually, but if we're not sharing it, if people aren't seeing it, then they can't contribute to it. So it's a big thing that we kind of miss out on in terms of making our work even better. And the last thing is we don't really know what we don't know. So we kind of live in this vacuum of the knowledge that we've got at the moment, but it's when we talk to other people, share it, we listen to what other people's perspectives on our work is, that maybe other opportunities come up for sharing it with other people or for things that we should be part of or role opportunities that might interest us. We have to be open and have connections and be visible for people to be able to help us in that way. When they can't see what we're doing or know what we're doing or what we're passionate about, it makes that help a lot harder. So today we're going to share five ideas for action and for each of those ideas we're going to give an example of how we've tried this out in the last six or seven months because we've been grappling with this just like everybody else. Perhaps some examples from people who we've seen have done this brilliantly that we have learnt from what we often describe as borrowed brilliance. Let's try and borrow some brilliance from some people who I've seen actually have a brilliant impact virtually, perhaps even better than when we were all kind of working more in person. So action number one is about sharing your expertise. And I think a brilliant way to increase your visibility is to look around for more opportunities to use your strengths. So what problems are your team, your organisation or your industry experiencing where you feel like your strengths are relevant, could be really useful, could be helpful? 
And I think whenever you do this, it's kind of very win-win because whenever we use our strengths, the more we use them, the stronger they get. And we tend to just enjoy using our strengths. Sometimes I think we just have to think creatively about how we can apply those strengths. Sometimes I describe this as like situational strengths. Is like actually not always thinking that the way we use our strengths today is the way that they have to show up in every context or in every project. And actually trying to think maybe a bit laterally about, oh, well, I've got these strengths. If I was to take one of mine, I'm good at developing ideas from scratch. I enjoy ambiguity. I enjoy a, we've got a challenge. We need some ideas. Mm -hmm. That always kind of really appeals to me. And actually, yes, I use that in one way in terms of career development for Amazing If. But actually for anyone who was trying to get unstuck, anyone who was thinking, I've got a bit of a barrier. We just need to think a bit differently about this. I think I would always be a useful person to have in that virtual room. And so if I was in a big organisation that was bigger than Helen and I... <laughs> she <laughs> says we, that like it's a bad we, thing. If we had more people that I could go and help. But actually for us, I think, well, I, that's when I often, with the networks that I'm part of, with the organisations that I've worked with in the past, it's often where I'll really willingly sort of volunteer my time because I think any opportunity for me to get even better at that is great. And actually, it's a really good way of just increasing my visibility for something I know I'm good at in an area I know I can add value. Have you got an example, Helen? Well, recently, I have launched the Squiggly Career Curiosity Newsletter. I think one of my well, one of my strengths is kind of, my, I guess, my passion for developing people and how I may I'm able to turn lots of research into very like small actions people can take. But so I, I tried to do that on that newsletter on LinkedIn. So I know there's a lots of people there that are naturally interested in what we do and what's happening with work at the moment. So I've launched Squiggly Career Curiosity as a weekly newsletter there. And I think it combines my kind of passion for what we do, my ability to turn it into something that's useful for people and a bit of a, a geekiness of me of trying to work hmm. out LinkedIn's new newsletter functionality, which I quite, yeah. I quite like. I'm like, oh, I didn't know it did that. So yeah, I think that's probably my my latest example of trying to share my expertise in a way that's useful to people like and it helps me to stay visible as well so second action for you is all about doing the tough stuff and this is inspired actually by a piece of career advice that we got in our book the squiggly career so we asked 100 people for career advice one of those people was sarah's ex-manager alex yes when you say ex-manager it always feels a bit like ex partner somehow maybe previous one of my previous managers no also also not great yeah (laughs) Someone that Sarah used to work for called Alex (laughs) Um, had some brilliant advice for us about doing the tough stuff. And part of the advice, um, she said, was about looking for problems and being part of the solutions. And, you know, that's advice that is relevant in a virtual world of work or a physical world of work. It's like, look for things where you can be helpful and, and spot those problems. But if you think about what's going on at the moment, there'll be some problems that might be a bit tougher than others. Loads of different stuff going on. Like, Sarah, you found that really interesting stat. Was it about 40% of... Yeah, someone said to me that 40% of people's team days and training has been cancelled. And actually, I thought about it. And I think that's not because people don't want to do those things. But I think probably our instinct, particularly in the early days of lockdown, was just thinking, we're so used to doing them in one way. The answer just feels like, oh, we need to stop until we can do it in the way that we've done it before. And yet we're starting to see people take that very tough problem and actually think about it really creatively. And that's the thing, when there are tough situations, some people, because maybe they don't think it's their job to do, or maybe it's because it's too difficult to do, some people choose that moment to step away. I guess they're waiting for someone else to solve it. But actually, it's a great opportunity for you to step in. When you spot that problem, be it 
how do we help the team to stay connected and motivated when our training budget and our ability to come together has been slashed by 40%, like whatever it is, if you can think about, well, how can I step into this moment and solve that problem? It can be really, really powerful. Like actually see some of the tough problems as really good opportunities for you to increase your visibility. I guess on that training point, we've seen so many great examples of people in the organisations that we work with saying, hang on a minute, not only am I not going to not do this and not only are we not going to not come together we're going to make it even better because it's virtual i worked with an organization this week and we were doing a session for them and it was to replace their like conference they would have had all together and everyone got like a goodie box at home that had like drinks in it and and popcorn and love hearts and glasses and they had a copy of our book and after i'd gone they were all opening their drinks and i think there was one organization that we did that did like cocktail making after we'd been yes they did yeah i remember thinking oh we're before cocktail making like (laughs) it's quite hard to make you really have to finish on time when next thing is cocktail making i love that that's what you thought this is a very introvert extra thing because i think i thought (laughs) did you think i want to join in didn't you i knew you were gonna say I was that like, why have I not got the cocktail kit <laughs> <laughs> whereas I was like I'll leave you to your cocktails enjoy <laughs> so funny but I think that it's such good advice from Alex and I saw Alex do that you know also when you see somebody's advice role modeled because mm. because you work so closely with them she was exceptional at never shying away from the tough stuff if anything I think it galvanized her and I think and you could see and she actually says in her quote that often if you do that almost like some of the rules in adverted commas of how we all work, whether it's hierarchy or budget or who does what, those rules tend to disappear a little bit and we have more opportunity to innovate. Perhaps you get the opportunity to do some work that you're really passionate about but that wouldn't normally be in your job or part of your job title. And so it's not easy. I certainly think this second action is probably the hardest Mm. of the five that we're going to talk about. And also don't do all of the tough stuff. It's probably like, don't do all of it. Don't find all of the things that need solving. But find one where you think, well, I feel like I can make a difference here. I can see how this is relevant. It can just be within your team or within your organisation or industry. I think any of those lenses are a good way to think about these problems. And anything you can do to be part of the solution, I think is always helpful. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss.
section three is about focusing on the follow-up. Now, I think I am good at 50% of this, and I think Helen is good at the other 50%. So if we actually combined forces, we'd be good <laughs> when I was thinking about this. So follow-ups are kind of a good way to stay visible virtually because they remind people and refresh people in terms of your work, the impact you're trying to make. You know, Helen talked at the start about, you know, making sure that you share your work so that it shines so that it can be really positive, so that other people can benefit from it. None of us now work in isolation. We're all creating something that we hope has a positive impact on as many people or in as many places as possible. And so just making sure that you keep coming back to that work, that you continue to share it, I think is really critical. So follow-ups can be as simple as a thank you. So you might be saying thank you to a team. You might be summarising a conversation. You might be sharing a link to something that you think someone might find interesting. But basically, I think you're keeping those relationships alive. And I think I would always be quite guilty, and perhaps this is my personality a little bit, of going, the thing that I was trying to deliver, I'd deliver my work in that moment, and I'd be like, okay, brilliant, I've done it now. <laughs> and then I'd, I'd move on quite quickly. Someone once said to me, actually, if we all sort of stopped and just remembered to do that last 10%, our work would work 50% harder for us. And it was like, we often lose the last 10% because we're so busy moving on to the next thing. And I think because of my inclination towards newness and I like starting things and I don't really like finishing things, <laughs> I sometimes forget about the last 10%. So I'm never that good at summarising conversations. I'm never that great at actions or just kind of bringing things to a useful close or perhaps reminding people what we've done. The thing that I am good at is following up with people when I spot something they might find interesting. And that's a really good way of following up. So I did it actually earlier this week where someone had been to one of our sessions and she got in touch and said, I was so pleased that you talked about being an introvert because that really resonated with me. And so actually I went back to her and said, oh, I really appreciate you kind of sharing your feedback. Here's a books in brief video I've done about quiet Susan Cain's book. Here's an article and here's a book recommendation. And so I just followed up a little bit and that just keeps my visibility with that person and that organisation top of mind. But I do it because I wanted to do it. But it, it kind of has that natural benefit of also keeping your visibility where you kind of want it to be. I think you're much better, Helen, at like the follow-up conversations. I like the, the summarising, the follow-up and yes. summarising. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's like, it's like neat in my head. And if I haven't done yeah. it, I think I'm, I'm, maybe it's a little bit selfish, but I'm like, if I summarise it, it's kind of gone into my head a little bit. I should also just do a little bit of a shout out to Sarah just mentioned there, the books in brief. So if you go to www.amazingiflearning.com, and we'll put the links in the description for this podcast so you can find it. And um, you'll be able. <laughs> Not that that wasn't slick. I know, I know. Super slick. I was like, <laughs> I'm in like the 1990s saying a URL for the first time, everybody. <laughs> Do you know what it is? It's because I still haven't sorted out a problem with the www dot. Like, so you have to put that in first. Oh, okay. It's like a job to be done, Sarah, that I haven't oh. sorted yet. Oh, anyway, that's interesting that we found that out. Write it down. I mean, I, mean I, I knew that. I just haven't done it. <laughs> like, I, I'm just admitting it to you now. Any, anyway, everybody, go to that website and look up. There's a career development resources course there that you can click on basically and it's got loads of free stuff things that we've written all the books in brief that Sarah has done so she's sort of illustrated summaries of books that we think you might find interesting and one of them is the one that she mentioned Susan Cain Quiet so it's worth a little look just don't forget the www. <laughs> and let me know what you think of books in brief so I've only done four so far 
And I don't know if anyone's watched them, so I would like someone listening to watch one and tell me what you think. Oh, there you go. What went well, even better if. Always exactly. great feedback, much appreciated. So action number four is all about experimenting and exploring. And this is where you can be a new source of ideas for people. And I think this is particularly useful right now because we can't just do what we did before virtually you know like so before we'd go I don't know back to back meetings and everyone would sit in them and maybe you didn't take part in much of a conversation but you felt like you had to go I think that's just exhausting to try and replicate from home and at the same time you might have somebody delivering stuff and your kids coming home from school it's just not possible to do work in the way it was done before and just stick kind of like a virtual filter on it and so I think work is ripe now for a bit of experimentation and ideas and new ways of doing things and I think people are hungry for the inspiration and newness that that can provide and you can be a source of it and there are loads of different things that you could do like experiment with how you're doing meetings we haven't done it because our company's really little but I'd love to do it if I still had a big team <laughs> like Petra Kutcher is a really interesting approach where you have 20 slides and 20 seconds to talk about each slide. So let's say I was going to talk to you. I don't know, like Sarah talked about that book, Susan Kane Quiet. Let's say instead of the books and briefs thing that Sarah did, I was going to do a Petra Kutcher on that. So I had 20 slides to illustrate some of the key points and I was only allowed to talk about each slide for 20 That's seconds. That's hard, really hard. Really hard. But you could take anything. You could say to everybody, okay, well, look at something that's really... In each team meeting, we're going to have a short Petra Kutch session where someone's going to take that time. I think it works out as like six minutes, 40 seconds in, right. in total. And we're going to use it for to share something that you've seen that's interesting in the market, right? So whatever industry you're in or profession. And maybe you take it in turns and someone does the Petra Kutch that week. And it's just a source of inspiration and newness and something different. Or maybe it was at the podcast uh, walk and talk that you saw. Yeah, so podcast and plod, I think oh. they called it, which, which made me laugh. So um, I was talking to a team last week where I'd appreciate this wouldn't work for everyone, but at the same time every day, they all go for a walk and it's non-optional. So it's like, you have to do it. So everyone kind of leaves the house, they go out for a walk, I think it's just for half an hour and they all pick a different podcast to listen to, but they all listen to the same one, I think it was four days of the week. So you've sort of had a shared experience, which is quite nice. So even though we can't be together, you've had a shared experience. So perhaps you've listened to Elizabeth Day's latest podcast. And then you come back and I think they just go into Instant Messenger and be like, did you like it? Did you not? Like people just share about it. And then on Fridays, like a treat today, you choose your own one, basically. And then people come back and say, oh, this is what I listened to today. And they were really doing that because they wanted to create this sense of, belonging and togetherness and a point in the day where they were all doing something at the same time I've heard lots of organizations say oh you know we always do a catch-up 15 minutes at the start of a day or at the end of a day and I just thought that was a creative take Mm. on that kind of same way and it gets people moving basically means that every day everyone gets out for a walk and I was thinking I don't do that Mm. every day maybe we should start a podcast club. We a podcast and plod. Yeah. I also um, was thinking about another idea. See, this is one I'd love to do this one. When I was managing large teams of people, I used to try and arrange peer network sessions where somebody in my network, so let's say I was at Microsoft and I knew somebody at... I don't know, Vodafone, for example, who worked in a similar team. So I was in marketing at the time. And I would arrange for some people in my team to have a mentor relationship with somebody over in the Vodafone team, somebody that was at their level that they could just learn, how do you do this and how do we do this? And it was always a bit hard because you'd have to take quite a lot of time out because they'd have Mm. to meet in the same place and it'd be like half a day and you've got to fit it in. And actually now I think, oh, 
you could have such a cool team session that was virtually where you combine two teams from different companies and they could talk about yeah. some projects, what we're doing or how we run this process. It'd be so much easier to organise. You could put people into breakout rooms and I just think, oh, that would be a fun thing to experiment with. And that's, you should find this fun. <laughs> you should find it something that's interesting. It should create energy for other people. And it's not about it being right or wrong or a massive success. It's just about doing things differently. And again, back to the point of making this visible, you'll be a magnet for that kind of stuff. If you are bringing energy and different approaches, people really, really want that right now. So they'll come to you for those ideas and for your take on, or how could we do the annual meeting this year? And so it's just a way that you can stand out in this kind of virtual world. And a couple of topics that I think are particularly relevant as we're getting through to kind of the last quarter of the year or kind of into autumn is how are we saying thank you to people? I think thinking about how you could experiment and explore with all saying thank you in new ways, in kind of virtual ways, and also how are we celebrating each other's successes? So one of the things that we often talk about is a Wednesday win of the week. So on a Wednesday as a team, could you all be sharing one win? And I actually really like it when people do any win, so personal or professional, because I think it just gives you a little bit of a window into everybody's world when someone's win over the last week has perhaps been, you know, maybe they've potty trained their toddler or maybe, you know, they've got someone starting school and it's been a a really good week or perhaps they've just even experimented with cooking something for the first time. But, you know, I just think that's a kind of really easy thing that you can do. Oh, Sarah, I'm going to put you on the spot because we're recording this on Wednesday. Oh, oh no. And this podcast I did not not think this through. (laughs) I can tell you mine while you're thinking. So it's Wednesday. We're going to share our win of the week. So mine is actually, it's a bit of a cheat because I happened today and I was like, yay. So my little girl who is three learned to ride her bike. And that's very exciting. She's got this bike with a basket on and she's, um, yeah, that's a little milestone moment for me. So that's my win of the week, my personal one. What's your Wednesday win of the week, Sarah? So that has put me on the spot, which is why these things are good to do, because sometimes (laughs) our wins are not always uh, top of mind. But actually, so my win was last Friday when I started a new six-week course um, where I'm spending two hours every Friday afternoon basically learning to draw. And Helen's laughing because... I think it's fair to say that my drawing skills are basic and quite simple. We, you know, we use lots of drawing in our workshops. And so I really enjoy drawing, but, you know, I was never an artist at school. <laughs> the cohort of people that I'm learning with, I sort of thought, oh, you know, everyone will be sort of starting from scratch. And you had to quite quickly in this first session hold up to the screen, like, you know, your first few drawings. And people are really good. <laughs> like, re- And I think I'm quite an honest judge of myself and of others. You know, I spend a lot of time doing self-awareness. And I was just looking going, uh-oh. <laughs> I, I feel like my starting point might be quite different to the rest of this group. But I had to remind myself that that's not why I'm here. That it's not about comparing yourself to other people. I should just learn from all of these people who are really good at drawing. I'm like, why are they on a drawing course? They're, they're too good. So I am a bit nervous and I need to do my homework. There's homework to do. And then for your homework, you have to upload what you've drawn onto this system so everyone can see. But it's still my whim because I think this time of the year for us is a really busy time of the year. And I think at those moments, it's really easy to deprioritize yourself and your own learning. And just knowing that I have that my weeks for the next five weeks are ending with two hours doing something purely for me. I am already looking forward to this Friday slash a tiny bit apprehensive. (laughs) (laughs) So final action, action five, is about virtual curiosity coffees. So you might have heard us talk about this idea before of where being really conscious and intentional about spending time with people where you're just 
exploring more about who they are, what they do, just people you're intrigued and you're interested by. You're not asking for a job. There doesn't need to be an output or an outcome in any way. I think it's just about getting a window into those people's worlds, kind of walking in their shoes for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, having a coffee with people. And one of the things that I really reflected on as I was thinking about today was I think I was really good at this until everything went virtual. And actually, for me, it's kind of completely disappeared. It's become really invisible. And I think in some ways, I think there's kind of a barrier around oh, our time when it's remote, when we're kind of all working remotely. I sort of feel bad somehow taking up half an hour for someone going, oh, should we have more of an exploratory chat? Because I feel like maybe it's easier to prioritise like efficiency and productivity or, oh, that's not a meeting or that's not a workshop. And yet prior to this, I would have always been like, oh, of course, let's just pop in and have a coffee. And whether that's because there was a physical location of a coffee shop and that just kind of mindset wise helped me. But this has really kind of disappeared for me. And I've been very conscious of this. So I've tried to think, okay, I can't now wait. You know, I think I was maybe waiting to think, oh, well, I'll do it again a bit more once we're kind of back in the world that we were in. And then I realised, oh, no, that's not going to happen. So I need to come up with something new. And what I found is I'm much better if I'm specific, short and do things in the moment. So, for example, last week I was reading some really interesting research about volunteering in the context of writing our next book. And I read it and just thought, that's really interesting. I'd actually like to learn a bit more about that. And in that moment, I went on LinkedIn, I found the professor who'd done that research, and I got in touch and just said, is there any chance you could spare me half an hour to have a virtual coffee? I'd love to just ask you a few more questions about this research. Didn't try and over-explain who who I was or what I did, and I just tried to keep the request very short and simple. And, you know, sometimes those people might not reply, you might get a no. In this instance, he came back and said yes. And I was like, woohoo. So actually, I have like one of my first curiosity coffees in quite a long time this Friday, 1pm. I mean, Friday sounding good, right? You've yeah, got a curiosity coffee. I've got a great Friday coming up. <laughs> um, and I think in the just in the context of staying visible virtually, the reason those curious virtual coffee conversations are good, I think, is because you might connect with people that you wouldn't in your day to day. And I agree with Sarah, I think work can become quite transactional. You know, when we're basically sitting in front of the device that's designed for us to be productive and sending emails and getting those kind of stuff done, I think work can get very, very transactional when that's the filter through which you're working. So those curious coffee virtual conversations mean that you can talk to people like the professor that Sarah wouldn't have met in the week otherwise if she hadn't made that outreach. So it means you're visible with different people. So let's just summarise our five actions to remain visible in a virtual world of work. Number one is to share your expertise. Number two is to do the tough stuff. Number three is to focus on the follow-up. Number four is to experiment and explore. And number five is to have curious virtual coffees. And so that's everything for this week. As always, if you haven't already and you have two minutes to rate, review and subscribe, I know every podcast says it, so it's sort of getting dull, isn't it? But but it's because it's really important. So we do really appreciate it if you get a couple of minutes to do that. If you already have, thank you. And next week, we're going to be talking about building brilliant relationships. We won't just focus on virtually, we'll do kind of building brilliant relationships generally, but obviously we'll also kind of bear in mind the way that we're all working right now. But that's everything from us for this week. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now. Bye everyone. Hold up. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Oh, yeah. 